Voice of St. Louis original podcast. This is the STL All Local Podcast from KMOX. I'm Michael Calhoun with the news you need for your weekend. Our top story on this Friday, February 3rd, the suspected Chinese spy balloon spotted across the St. Louis metro area. People from Villa Ridge, Herman, Troy, Wentzville, O'Fallon, Baldwin, South St. Louis reported seeing the white dot in the sky this afternoon. That includes Fox 2 meteorologist Chris Higgins in Chesterfield. I saw it with the naked eye. I didn't think I was going to be able to see it with the naked eye. But once you, the skies are so clear. Uh, and it's so blue, uh, you know, you walk out there and if you have a rough idea where to look, it jumped right out at me. I was like, oh, wow, yeah, there it is. Higgins says the balloon was in a slow, steady motion. He suspects at an altitude of about 60,000 feet. We'll go in-depth on this coming up later in the news. We do have a statement from Congresswoman Ann Wagner who says, quote, this is a provocative and a threat to our national security. This should not be in our airspace, and the U.S. should take steps to eliminate the threat immediately. St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner issues charges against the man accused of shooting two police officers in Soulard Thursday night. The officer survived. One is still hospitalized in stable condition. Live in the studio, KMOX's Kevin Colleen. Michael Gardner has charged 36-year-old Cortez Daryl Sipes. He's the man, she says, was driving a stolen Ford F-150 pickup truck that crashed in the courtyard of Soulard Market. Police getting out of their cars at the end of this chase. And Cortez is accused of firing off several shots at them, peppering the patrol car. Both of the officers hit. One of them out of the hospital, as you mentioned, the other still in stable condition. Cortez now faces charges of first-degree assault on a police officer, two counts of armed criminal action, unlawful possession of a firearm, and two counts of resisting arrest. Reaction to the shooting from St. Louis Alderman, the Southside's Carol Howard, who sponsored the plan to give a raise to Alderman, says the shooting illustrates how police need more funding. The police do need a substantial raise. We need to have more police. We need to have better trained police. We, I am all about that. Now, if the mayor can light a fire over in the personnel division... I'd appreciate that. Howard says the aldermen have no direct power to legislate police pay raises. Alderman Jack Coder, who represents Soulard, where the shooting took place, says the suspect had a long rap sheet and it begs the question, why was he out on the streets? Jane Duker, who works for a local police association, spoke on KMOX reacting to the shooting overnight where two St. Louis Metro police officers were hit by bullets from a vehicle theft suspect. People are getting shot during day during the day at, you know, ATMs right there at Hampton and Chippewa. I mean, these are places where people don't normally expect to have violent crime. And this idea that we're just going to ignore it is, I mean, we're seeing that. Duker says some officers are optimistic about the new chief, but she says morale is still at an all-time low with 300 officers leaving in the last two years. Stuart McMillan, KMOX News. Lawmakers in Jefferson City have been focused on crime in St. Louis this week. Let's go live to the newsroom for the latest on that from KMOX's Sean Michael Lyle. A bill to circumvent the circuit attorney with a special prosecutor in St. Louis when homicide cases exceed 35 per 100,000 residents advanced out of committee this week. Representative Richard West of Wentzville explained the concept. This part of this legislation is not to punish any prosecutor, but more for the state to step in and help. About the Crime and Prevention and Public Safety Committee then voted down a Democratic provision to outlaw minors from carrying handguns in public without adult supervision. Michael. 
Brisk business today, but no reports of very long lines at St. Louis area marijuana dispensaries. We're serving recreational patients as we speak. The first day of recreational sales was supposed to be Monday, but the state decided to go a little bit early. If you're a newcomer looking to replace ABV with THC this weekend, Boston Dickerson, CEO of Show Me Organics, recommends. You know, much like at the local bar, if you go to your local dispensary, uh, there's a bud tender instead of a bartender. So... Relying heavily on these bud tenders is where I would recommend a lot of people, first-time users, start. At Greenlight Dispensary on Chippewa in South St. Louis, Maddie was welcoming the new customers. Um, Actually, it's pretty good, pretty steady. Um, I was expecting a little more craziness, but, you know, most people were expecting Monday, so... After being arrested for weed multiple times, you know, for it to be recreational now means more, because there's people like me that can't afford a lawyer. I mean, I'm pretty excited. It's nice that it's recreational now. I think it's great. It's about time. It's been a long time coming. Customers only need to show a valid ID to buy their cannabis, which is placed in an unmarked black paper bag to carry out. As we continue on KMOX, uh, let's get the very latest as St. Louisans ventured out in their backyards to catch a glimpse of that suspected Chinese spy balloon today as it drifted over the metro area, all corners from Wentzville to Fenton to downtown. We heard from Fox 2 meteorologist Chris Higgins earlier. I have eyes on it here at my house in Chesterfield uh, before I just had to pull out to go to work and it was uh, coming in steadily, but it's not like it's racing across the sky. We're joined now by a team coverage AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle and CBS News correspondent Steve Futterman are with us. And uh, Danielle, I understand that the balloon is changing altitude. Yeah, you go back to uh, yesterday, Michael, we had reports uh, that the balloon was estimated to be about uh, 60,000 feet uh, in altitude. And uh, that uh, height is going to put you above what we kind of look at in terms of, uh, you know, commercial air traffic above the jet stream. Uh, So it it makes sense, even though it's gone down today, we've seen some reports actually come out from a from a private plane that was uh, traveling through the region. It was estimating its altitude to be about 50,000 feet. So it's kind of starting to get very close to the edge uh, of the jet stream when you're talking things at that height that, that, that we heard on that report too it's not really racing across the sky you don't have the jet stream to help it out so that does make sense that it's moving at uh you know at a pace that you might not expect uh, across the sky and also to kind of our uh analyzation of of all the model data that we have in terms of wind directions and such it does make sense going from billings down to uh the kansas city and now in the st louis area seeing these sightings and that's pretty much kind of what we're seeding from the guidance that if there's no interaction or so involved and we let the winds continue to see, you know, basically play out with this balloon, we see it eventually exiting the coast off the southeast late Saturday or into very early Sunday. And where where should people look to the sky uh, in the next 24 hours or so? Yeah, next 24 hours, uh, if it continues on the, the path that we're expecting here, uh, we're going to see it uh, traversing across uh, western and central parts of Kentucky, eventually through the sa- uh, central Appalachians. And right now, expecting it, to, again, if it stays on course uh, with the winds, uh, could exit uh, off the uh, northeast North Carolina coast, uh, again, as we look ahead towards Saturday. All right, stand by, Danielle. Let's bring in CBS News correspondent Steve Futterman. And Steve, what is the latest on on what the U.S. government thinks this balloon might actually be? Well, I don't think there's much doubt. It's probably a spy satellite or a spy balloon. Uh, You know, uh, there are spy satellites, but they are much higher up, you know, around 200 miles above the Earth 
This one at around 50, 60,000 feet is around 10 miles above the surface of Earth. So it's a, it's a much different parameter. The optics are much different, but it's probably doing what most spy satellites do. It's looking at things. Remember, it was over Montana. That's the home of some strategic uh, U.S. military bases there. So it may have been intentionally over Montana. One of the big questions is, how much is China able to control this balloon? Is it able to maneuver it? Is it able to maneuver it to move faster or slower? And that's a bit unclear right now. It seems very, very likely that the U.S. knows a lot more about this spy balloon, whichever you want to call it, than they're telling us right now. The Chinese official comment is that it's a weather balloon that went off course. No one's really buying that right now. We've got a statement from Congresswoman Ann Wagner who says it's provocative, a threat to national security. It shouldn't be in our airspace, and the U.S. should take steps to eliminate the threat immediately. Has there been any kind of an explanation as to why not shoot it down? Well, the, the basic explanation is, first of all, a couple things. One is that it would create lots of debris. You don't know where this is going to go down. You don't know exactly what's on that, that balloon. Uh, could it cause problems on you know, the surface below? Uh, so that's one of the explanations. Uh, yeah, the U.S. obviously has the military capability of knocking it out, shooting it, blowing it up, you know, instantaneously almost. But right now they're sort of laying back. They're not taking that option right now. It's going to cause, I'm sure, some political back and forth, a political football. You're going to have uh, opponents of the Biden administration pointing to this as uh, what they would suggest is a, a lack of determination, a lack of strength. But remember, uh, there there are it's more of a chess game than a checkers game. There are ramifications if you knock it down. One suggestion I heard, this is all unofficial, but you know, everyone's getting involved in this. Might the U.S. try to bring it down and then sort of search it, explore it, see what it's made of. Uh, sometimes when, when airplanes, high technical aircraft go from one country to another in a hijacking or a defection, the country that receives that plane goes over that plane tremendously. They look at every nook and cranny to try to understand how far that country is in its technology. So that might be something the U.S. might be considering. Again, that's just some unofficial speculation. And Steve, as we wrap up, you know, we, we saw St. Louisans across the metro area go outside, take videos, photos, yeah. share their, their reports. Is this happening across the country? Uh, if it's going to be over, uh, if it's going to be over a certain area, yes, it's going to happen. If you want to go way back in history, I think this would be around 70 years back, 1957, when the Soviet Union back then, not Russia, the Soviet Union launched the first satellite, Sputnik. And there were fears that how can the, you know, there was the, the, the Eisenhower administration came under attack. How did Russia win this battle? And there were fears that this Sputnik satellite was going to be spying, which it might have been, might not have been. But there were similar fears about national security back in 1957. Again, I should point out, there are spy satellites all over the place. We know they can read the license plate of a car. They're very sophisticated. The optics here just are very bothersome when you have something around 10 miles above the surface of your country compared to 200 miles above the surface of your country. And, and uh, AccuWeather's Danielle Niddle, I, I think it's pretty clear that this is not a weather balloon. Right. You know, we're not aware of weather balloons, uh, you know, that are matching the reported characteristics of this particular high altitude balloon. And, uh, you know, a typical weather balloon, uh, too, once it does reach an altitude above 50,000 feet, that's typically when we see at least the ones that are launched here by the National Weather Service and entities here. That's usually when we see them burst and the small instrument packages that we use for that data start to come back down. So that's certainly not been the case with this one. 
Thank you very much to both AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle and CBS News correspondent Steve Futterman with us to break down the Chinese alleged spy balloon that we've seen crossing the St. Louis metro. Thanks for listening. I'm Michael Calhoun. STL All Local is a production of the KMOX Newsroom. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and have a safe weekend.